Hey, fellow cycling family and friends, I just want to tell you how gorgeous you are today, and I hope you have the most amazing week. Now, it's December, and I hope you have your gear list ready and sent off to Santa. Your women, this is totally for you. The four-week cycling skills workshop benefits all women. These skills can be implemented immediately on the bike and trainer, cycling outside, indoor cycling, on a spin bike or peloton. All your current frustrations and questions will be answered guaranteed. If you're interested in joining me, don't wait another moment. With this link, you can get started at the beginning of each month. I know you're trying to decide whether or not to check out the four week cycling skills workshop for women, but I don't blame you. There are so many other online cycling training platforms that offer cycling routes and training sessions, but they're but here's what makes my four-week cycling skills workshop different. First of all, it's taught by someone who's not just starting out, but actually has is pretty experienced. I've been working with free clients in my cycling club, Cyclefit Chicks, all the way to Canadian national female cyclists. And I continuously update my coaching tactics to help beginner to advanced cyclists level up with these cycling techniques hardly anyone is talking about. Secondly, the four-week cycling skills workshop for women is so much more. A lot of times there are online cycling training programs that teach you how to train intensely but don't, don't but actually don't help you develop the fundamental cycling skills and techniques such as gear management, hill climbing, strength, power and speed, and nutritional timing in order to effectively become a faster, fitter, and more efficient cyclist and well-rounded athlete. And also, there are very few courses about cycling that actually teach you how to develop a smooth, efficient pedal stroke. The four-week cycling skills workshop for women aims to fill both these gaps in the cycling in cycling training, not to mention the workshop provides the recordings of the explanations, demonstrations, plus homework. In addition, you will gain access to a library of over 100 strength training workouts to help you level up, and that is all on top of the core curriculum you already get when you join the workshop. So it's safe to say I'm delivering incredible results coaching over a thousand female cyclists through my cycling club and now it's even more exciting to impact more female cyclists globally through my four-week cycling skills workshop for women. You can't go wrong when you join a workshop developed by women for women. It's time to level up and remove the frustrations. So if you're ready to join, just click the link that you see and secure your spot today in one of the next four-week cycling skills workshops for women's sessions. Now, before the new year, with um, this amazing deal, a 25 25% off until December 31st. Limited spots available. Don't wait another minute. Click the link and roll today, and I can't wait to see you on the inside. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. 
I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow. And I have this really cool guest. Her name is Bethan Bertrand. That's the French way of saying her. She's in the UK and I found her on Instagram. And the reason why she's so amazing is because she's a cyclist and she also has a macaroon business. Okay. So everybody knows what macaroons are. If you don't go find her, she, her business is 16. So that's S I I X teen macaroon on Instagram. Welcome Bethan to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me here. It's really exciting. I know. I know. <laughs> we took a while to get us together, but I'm super excited because I love finding cyclists who are doing really cool things. And that's why, like, we're following each other on Instagram. And I'm like, hey, so I looked at my, oh, she's a cyclist. And then, oh, she's got a little, <laughs> so I'm like, hey, would you want to be on my podcast and talk about your business? Now, when, as we get started, I always like to ask how you got into cycling. And then we'll talk macaroons and sweets later. You know, I would never have put me down as a cyclist at all. Um, oh, come but on. there were things in my early life, my you know, mm-hmm. when I was little, that kind of, I suppose, were little signs that I would end up with a bike. Because <laughs> when I was about eight or nine, all I wanted was a road bike. It's a racing bike. You know, you, mm-hmm. kind of, you, you take your cycling, we call it cycling proficiency in those days at school. And I remember oh. all I wanted was one with drop handles because I wanted to go fast, as fast as I possibly could. It was like, that was <laughs> all I cared about. And so I got a bike, thanks to my mum and dad. They, they got me my first bike. It probably, probably wasn't my first, but my first proper bike. And, yeah. um, and I would cycle. And where we lived in Derbyshire, it was Derbyshire in England, so it's very hilly. It's the Peak District, beautiful part of the world. And there's lots of cyclists up there because it's like proper challenging routes. And, um, you know, I'd go from one village to the next and I wouldn't think anything of it. It was just a normal day-to-day kid thing that you do. And then uh, I, I I kind of grew out of the bike because I got a pony and then the bike was just like never to be seen again. <laughs> you got a pony? I did. I abandoned the bike. For Usually years. people get cars, but you got a pony. I got a pony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I bet your mom's like, you better sit on that pony. And Oh yeah, no, it was like, it's your pony, deal with it, yeah? So it was fantastic. So for a lot of time, there were a lot of years I was very much committed to the horses. That's what I loved. But then I moved to London with, you know, grow up as a student in London. There's not a lot of ponies in London. (laughs) Or places, I imagine. So, um, you know, I started riding the bike to and from the university that I was at. Uh, Just got used to pedaling, I suppose. And didn't think anything of that either. And then, you know, had kids and I'd pedal the kids, you know, the little carts that you pull the kids in the back. And I'd be mm-hmm. up hill and I'd be like grinding up this hill <laughs> with a mountain bike, which is heavy anyway. Yeah. And, you know, but I was getting stronger and stronger and stronger without even realizing it, I suppose. And then um, 
an awful lot has happened, but a friend of mine in that time, there's like all sorts of things that happened, but we won't talk about that. But a friend <laughs> of mine said, do you want to do a charity event with me? It's oh. 20, it's like, no, it's a through the night charity event to raise money for cancer awareness in women. Through the night? <laughs> yeah, so it was like, that for me really appealed. I was like, wow, it's nighttime, it's going to be dark. And actually, mm-hmm. because I haven't really, I hadn't really, well, I hadn't really thought it through actually because the bike that I had at the time it was like an old Dutch bike you know it's got a basket on the front it's really heavy I've still got it and um I just thought yeah I can do that on that bike it's 100 kilometers it's not gonna be a problem and uh so I was on the beach in Spain and she was in the UK and I said yeah let's do it and then well actually I my back went at that point so I wasn't able to do the ride but they said well we'll defer it to next year so I deferred it ended up doing it on my own but in that time that I was training I went out on my bike my old Dutch bike with the basket on the front and Uh uh, I remember going down a hill a very steady you know couple of percent steep hill I was going down the hill and I remember pedaling quite hard down the hill to keep moving and this guy in the opposite direction whizzed past me up the hill without pedaling and I thought I think I'm on the wrong bike here (laughs) no effort whatsoever going up a hill and I'm really pushing down a hill so I thought you know I need if I'm going 100 kilometers I've gone five kilometers and I was dead yes if I'm gonna go 100 kilometers I think I need another another bike so a different bike yeah yeah I was I was very lucky because um this friend of mine that had asked me to do the ride in the first place, she had a friend that was selling a bike. So I bought that bike, which is still my bike now, my beautiful oh. piece. And, um, uh, and that's how I got into it. So I started, I, you know, the first time I ever rode this bike, I just thought a bike was a bike, you know, it was like something with wheels and if it looked pretty, mm. I kind of liked it. And, and if I was comfortable on it, it had a nice squishy saddle, you know, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I was all about the comfort of the bike. Mm-hmm um so um yeah it was it was it was when I first got this bike which was built for a six foot two man so it's a big frame far too big for me yeah uh, with cleats and I you know I got all the stuff <laughs> at least I was looking all right <laughs> is that the <laughs> bike you bought to ride it <laughs> oh geez now did you do that event on that bike that big I bike or that... on the bike so the event was in May and I this is we're now talking February the 14th is when I got my bike it was on Valentine's Day and so I still had a bit of time to get used to this bike um and so I had to practice cleating and uncleating I was so afraid of the cleats of, of kind of falling off the bike I had my saddle really low so I was like a frog on a bike you know oh no just, my knees were sticking out and uh, about two weeks afterwards, a friend of mine said, oh, you know, if you want, if you've got a road bike, I, I cycle with a group of people, um, you know, a cycling group. Why don't you come with us? So uh-huh. like, oh, fantastic. That's like, I'll get proper, proper help. So You're like, okay, let's put your cycling. saddle up first before you even start. <laughs> well, no, well, you see, this is the thing. So I started cycling, literally I had like two weeks. I couldn't, I couldn't even stop falling off the bike every time I stopped. I couldn't uncleat, so I'd just topple off. And so <laughs> it, was two, it was only two weeks into having this bike. I cycled with this group. They were so kind to me. 
you know they were just like do you think your saddle might be a bit low why you got it quite so low and have you heard of, do you know what cadence is and have you ever heard of kind of watts and 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 how about drafting do you know what drafting is and I was just like <laughs> didn't have a clue <laughs> it was it was seriously bad but with just a, few, a few weeks of them kind of giving me lots and lots of support just lots and lots of information and putting my bike to the right height the saddle to the right height put yeah. my saddle forward that the, the, we dropped the, the handlebars we shortened the stem and we kind of got it all right for me oh awesome frame. you know with all of this help it just became amazing and I was flying by the time by, it, by the time it was May that was it I was I was in love with it absolutely obsessed it was I couldn't get enough cycling in it was wow just, so how long ago was that that was 2018 so not very long ago Oh, not very long ago wow no. so that was really my first kind of um you know I've been on the bike as I said pulling the kids I had the mountain bike and I was like with my upright but it was it's not the same you know it's just like you use a you use a bike because it's um it's from a to b but mm -hmm. the real love is is the sport of the roads the road racing the road bikes and yeah you know, and you know all of a sudden discovering which has been there forever the tour de france and all the different you know all the different huge events that are happening throughout the world yeah. with the road races and it's just spectacular so did you get in really huh? did you get into racing yourself have you tried any racing yes. events or so I, I yeah I did and um well I did a few sportifs and so 2019 I spent whole of 2018 was really just being on the bike and getting really yeah. strong and everybody going wow you can cycle quite fast and when it goes to downhill I'm just like <laughs> down the hill and go as fast as you can and and I love that and so I was getting from A to B quite fast and um so I entered quite a lot of sportifs and in this country, I mean, it's not like the Alps, but you have some really steep areas where the hills, you know, mm. they're proper challenges. Um, and then I did the tour of Cambridge, which is the qualifying race for the UCI, the World Series. Oh, really? Uh, unfortunately, I got a puncture, but my friend, she qualified. We did it together. Um, she's fantastic. Kirsty Tullock, she's fun to talk with. You need to talk with her. Oh, well, um, you can like yeah. set us up. So that was really good. And I did the Red Bull 24, 25 hour race for 2019 as well, which Ooh. is this weekend. It's this oh. weekend. So anybody that's on Strava, you might be aware of it, but it's it's on. You can be part of the event on Strava. They're doing um, uh, a Strava. A charity? No. Or they're, they're yeah. um... you can pit yourself against the teams. Oh, I just got on Strava, back yeah. on Strava for the first time today. Oh, really? And I, yeah, and I How well, I just without Strava. No, 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 no. Sorry, not Strava. Ah, uh, Zwift. Zwift. Ah, yeah. you're No, no, I'm on Strava. I've been on Strava for, for a while now. Yeah, so you yeah. can go on Strava. You can. I mean, basically on Strava, you can do. What they're doing on the Strava, it's not the Zwift. I'm sure you can probably do it on Zwift as well. But they're you, you they're, they're checking out all your miles and how fast you're going and how long you're. Okay, it's yes, yes, 25. yes. So whoever can do the most amount of miles in 25 hours is. Oh. 
Oh, really? Yeah. <gasps> I'm like, I don't, you know, so we were just talking about adventure racing and multi-day. So this is like multi-day throughout the night. Like, yeah, I used to do, you know, I just remember all those overnight, either trekking throughout the night, cycling throughout the night, paddling throughout the night, like kilometers and kilometers, like just. Just never ending, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, and yeah, well, you keep, there's strategy of, you know, like you go hard for the first 24 hours and that kind of, that kind of separates the whole field. And then, and then the strategy of like sleeping a little bit here and there sets in and, and, uh, just like, oh my gosh. When you did an event like that, did you find when you did an event like that, you'd have a strategy, but then the weather might've no there's no you just go through the weather you don't stop you don't stop until you finish like honestly that's and that's the way it rolls so you have to be smart you have to be trained you have to take you know pace yourself um have the right equipment like it's yeah it's really like you know eating drinking you don't want to bonk like there's all these things because things like that will just stop you And, um, but that being said, I am actually looking at multi-day gravel races, (laughs) not overnight. I don't think. Um, and I talked to my girlfriend, how long are the races then? I just did. I just did my first one. It was an eight hours, (gasps) an eight hour gravel. Yeah. So it's, it was a circuit. And you had to do as many, so it was a 27K circuit. So you had to try and get as many of the loops done in that eight hours. You had to finish it before the eight hours was done. So I got in five. I was seventh out of like 36 women. And and that was my first ever. Come Like coming back and doing something like that. So I don't know. My girlfriend was talking to me about 24 hours, you know, just going back. And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can do that again. Like just to outside is fine. Like if you pace yourself, because you did that overnight one. Did you do it by yourself or? No, I was part of a team. So my friend did it. She did it solo for 25 hours. Okay. Yeah. He's completely nuts and amazing. Um, But (laughs) I think it had to be nuts. (laughs) Yeah, completely. But I did it part of the team, but we both had the same problems in that the weather was so shockingly bad. So when everybody pitched up the day, so it started at 2 p.m. on the Saturday day, but we had to pitch everything up in the morning at six o'clock in the morning on the Saturday. So the rain is torrential coming down. There is like the wind is so strong. People (laughs) had kind of put these gazebos up, you know, these huge like proper industrial gazebos. And they blew away in the wind. It was that strong. And so <laughs> we were, as we were racing and tents were flying everywhere, it was just pandemonium. I mean, it was, ju- it was weird. It was, a, it was fun for the first like two hours until you got on the bike. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've got these headwinds coming at you at like hundred miles per hour. And where we are, you know, Windsor, there's parts that are quite exposed. So mm-hmm. you're battling against the wind thinking, I don't like this very much and when it got dark and it got cold and the rain was coming down and it was windy and the rain is in your face 
and we get we got puncture after puncture because all the you know all the gravel on the road and the surface just oh, became horrible. That's the worst. Yeah, so I was riding with a puncture like the whole because you have to do a whole circuit. You can't, you know, yeah. you have to walk the rest of the circuit if you don't want to ride it. So my poor bike, the poor, I was just like, I don't care. I'm gonna ride to the end with my puncture, and I had to do that. <laughs> So our, all of our plans with all the best will in the world kind of went out the window because yep. if you've got a puncture, you need to fix it. So mm-hmm. the next guy has to go, even though he wants to sleep for three hours whilst you do your bit, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> <You're> like, sorry. <laughs> I know it, you, it's fun having a strategy, but then at the end of the day, it's it's really what's going to happen. Our strategy. We, I mean, we thought we were being really smart. We were like, right, we know we can cycle hard for three hours. We know how fast we can do however many loops we practiced mm-hmm. it. And we, were, we were like, we knew we were going to be good. And then we, we didn't even consider any punctures. That so how did you do at the end of it all? Because everybody must be experiencing the same stuff. Well, I think that there were 22 professional or 23, something like that. There's quite a lot of professional teams in it, you know, like Ineos, like proper, Uh all the big teams were there. And then they were all like university teams. So everybody was the age of like nil. (laughs) I mean, we were 18 year olds, 20 year olds. I was a team before, we were a mixed team. And there was a 17 year old, a 22 or 23 year old. And a 34 year old and then there was me you know the guys and then I was the token woman <laughs> yeah you have to have one woman right yeah and uh you know we did but we did brilliantly I can't remember where we came but we didn't do too bad we were like I don't know 50th 60th something like that I in that underneath 100 oh um, wow which of all the people the of, I think there was like two or three hundred teams there so we did pretty well wow that's impressive yeah, we did quite well, but mm-hmm. not down to, I don't, it wasn't down to me, it was down to the young guys. <laughs> oh, well, you know, sometimes it's mental capacity. Yeah, sometimes it's the mental fortitude of yeah, and I think finishing those close. races. You know, it was really, really close, the amount of laps, it, it literally went on the times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was like the first like 40, 50 teams were really, really close. It was, that was quite exciting. It's quite good to see all the stats afterwards yeah um, yeah the, there was there was a lot of amazing teams out there it's like wow these guys are really good and like, like, I'm just glad I'm here yeah <laughs> it so was how, fun. The music was great. yeah so how did you get into your business so you're a cyclist you've been doing macaroons for how long oh talk to, let's very, talk about your very, business very recently so I was before, so when I started cycling, I was a designer. I was designing shutters inside beautiful houses in Ascot. Oh, no way. That's cool. Yeah. And um, I was trying, I was trained as an artist looking for a kind of quite artistic job to kind of carry me along. But mm-hmm. so I just wanted something to do. Um, but I got, it's, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I left um, quite recently and my father died. Um, oh, and I, oh, I, I remember. Yeah, life became suddenly very precious, and I thought, "Why am I mm-hmm. wasting my time doing something I don't really want to do?" Right. Um, so that I, you know, so with my mum, we just came up with the idea of making macarons because everywhere I've ever looked for them here, they, it's really difficult to find them. And we were sat oh. in a bar in Spain and having lovely, delicious macarons, thinking, 
the colors are beautiful kind of look like my paintings one day I'll have to have you seen my paintings on Instagram no can you show us one uh, I have I can't now because I'm not set up to and I'm rubbish I am rubbish with technology but um I'll send one can, to you can you just <laughs> show one with your phone are you on your phone or your laptop no. do you have one on your wall not this wall I'm on my laptop which will, yeah, at the okay. moment, all right. Well, send send me a couple pictures I'll and I'll add them. And then you, you'll be able to see. But they're kind of, you know, colors are very similar to the macarons. There's a, there's a real kind of swap over. Uh, it kind of translates one, translates into the other. Right? Everybody that knows me is like, oh my God, your macarons, they remind me of your paintings. You know, oh, really? It's a very similar process for me as well, mixing the paint and mixing the macarons, <laughs> same kind of consistency. I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And um, anyway, so I did, I set up this macaron business in 2019, in October, 2019, the same week as I, as I did the Red Bull race. So it was all really Oh my nice. gosh, really? Yeah. And it was, it was full on. It was so full on for a long time. And then COVID struck, didn't it? So mm. it, it was, it, you know, it's just been weird for the last two years, but it's been brilliant as well because. I know. Has your has your uh, business kind of flourished? <laughs> Everybody's going to order mac. Okay, yeah. you say macrons. Macron. I say macaroons. Yeah. Well, macron. that's okay. Lots of people do. At first, okay. I was like, "Oh, it's a macaron," but now I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. Macaron, <laughs> apple. No, what is it? Potato, tomato. Potato, potato, potato. Tomato, potato. Potato, <laughs> tomato. Macron, macaroon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, people know what we mean. It's fine. Oh, you were an artist as well? Yeah. I'm a trained artist. I was at the Royal Academy and the Slade School of Art, which is part of the UCL. And okay. I started at Chelsea School of Art. So I've done three of the biggies in London. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So you were doing indoor window dressing. Is that what you like curtains and stuff? Is that what you you did before? No, so um, you know plantation in in this country we have these things called plantation shutters, and I'm sure you know what they are. They're like wooden slatted shutters on the inside, and they're very they're kind of very New England, you know these oh. beautiful big houses. We call them very New England style. It's probably completely different in America. I don't think maybe we call have them. like British or African or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we have them. Oh, they're kind of white and they're inside the house rather than outside the house. And we dress them on the inside and they're like slaps that go up and down. Yeah. So I've seen those outside houses, yeah. but usually on the outside of the window and not necessarily would they ever cover your window. They're just on yeah. the outside of your house. So we have them on the inside. Oh. It's, it's become like this big kind of fashion to have them and they're very good because they cut out that you know that you can do mm -hmm. lots of people that can't sleep with any lights at all in their bedroom they can shut these shutters and you know there's no oh, I like that. that's and mean. also they're very sound and you know they, they keep the cold out because we have it it gets very cold in this country so they keep mm -hmm. the cold out they keep the heat in keep the light out or the light in you know all of this they've, they've got lots of and they've got great curb appeal because from the outside of a house they look amazing very small oh so much probably much nicer than a set of curtains yeah exactly which gets dirty they get damaged you have to replace them after a few years they smell. yeah i'm just looking at my <laughs> curtains <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> I'm like, they kind of half cover my huge window. <laughs> I'm like, I really need to do something about that. Cause from the curb, it doesn't look very nice. Oh, you, you need, you need shutters. <laughs> the size of this window is like eight foot by nice. It's eight by probably six. Like it's a big window. Big window. Wow. Mm-hmm. So everything's yeah. big out there. You're so lucky. Well, it's a basement window. So okay. it's just like, I'll show you after. And, mm-hmm. um, and the thing is that I have this black, um, uh, it, sh- it shuts out the light. So I look back <laughs> so I don't get all this, sh- the shine on my face. And anyways, it looks really horrible from outside, but any case, <laughs> but it does its job. It does. It does its job. And oh, you can tell when I'm like on an interview, cause it's like right beside me. Otherwise I try and hide it. So it's, it's out of the window, but anyways, okay. I'll just what show you. Cause we're like, we're just sitting right here. Yeah, so everybody can you? see, everybody can see. Okay. I'm in the basement. But so whereabouts? in what, in uh, what area I'm in Quebec. Oh, Canada. okay. Yeah. yeah. So here, I'm just going to try and, okay. So there is. So it looks so hot and sunny. No, this I move. See that? Ooh. There's my hot tub. Chickens. There's, and there's the chickens. Oh, All of them. <laughs> so I cover this when I'm doing an interview. So you see the light difference? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I look a little tad better with that. There? Not right now. <laughs> okay. It's it's cold. It's it's, funny. it's warm with the sun, but it was really cold this morning. And we haven't uh yeah. So so when you say cold, how cold is it? What degrees? Um five. We haven't oh, hit frost cold. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So how did you move from okay? So you and your mom decided to do macaroons. Well, it was just me. I, I had the conversation with my mum in Spain oh. we on holiday. And uh, but yeah, it was just me that decided to do the macaron. Hmm. Basically, because I wanted to do something that I'd always dreamt of doing, which was really like well, baking? Not baking as such, because I'm not a baker and I'm I'm uh-huh. not great at cooking, like you know, I'm not a chef by any stretch of the mark. I just love making things and I think um, I always wanted to make, like have a chocolate shop, be a chocolatier mm. and give people, not just because I wanted to make, but I like, I like the effect that giving something sweet to someone has uh-huh. on them, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so you see that kind of joy mm-hmm. and you, know, you, you can turn yep. someone's day from being a bad day into a good day. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always thought that's really, really important. And some people can do it with wit and humor. They have that this incredible kind of sensibility and they have this amazing sense of humor. And my daughter has it. And she and my they, they both do, my son and my daughter, they have an amazing sense of humor and they can just turn somebody's day with their humor. I haven't got that 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 gift. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of thought I'll make it instead. But yeah, I, I think that is more than anything is the ability to just change someone's day. So how complex is it to make a macaroon? Because they're right. very delicate. Yeah, when I started, you know, I kind of <laughs> thought it was going to be like baking brownies, you know, you'd shove it all <laughs> in a, a, a kind of a glass dish, mix it all up, bang it in the oven. I thought, job done, it's going to be fine. And I didn't know anything about making macarons. 
And my first batch came out like little almond poos. They, you know, they were brown and they were like <laughs> literally like this shape with a little teeth. Yeah. And so we took them out the oven and was like, that doesn't look like a macaron. I was like, try again. So I tried again. And my second think? batch, they were perfect. I mean, they were like, they were great. It's like, wow, job done. This is easy. What's everybody on about? And then, uh, oh and my then. God, I failed and I failed and I failed. I literally cooked thousands and thousands of macarons before kind of figuring it out. Okay, so who got these macarons? Did All you did you give them away? Oh yeah, you I had such good friends <laughs> so many weeks. It was like everybody would come over with cups of tea and glasses of prosecco, and there was always somebody around here eating. It was great. So it was it was a good time. Although it was it I had tears. There were there was blood, sweat, and tears because right. you put you think you know you pipe them out beautifully and on a mat they look amazing and the colours are fantastic. So they're very visual and they mm-hmm. look great to photograph as well so they were turning out brilliantly and then I think putting them in the oven but then you look at them in the oven you think that's not that's not right that's not working and it's so it hurts it physically hurts when it doesn't work because it's I don't know it just does you know it's going to taste good but it doesn't look you know these macarons are you know part of the expectation is that they're beautifully smooth and they're they, they look perfect and they're beautifully colorful so if they're all cracked and wrinkly and looking like <laughs> disheveled skin it's not a good look you know <laughs> I see what you mean yeah so um yeah there was a lot of blood sweat and tears but finally I think you know grit and determination I think it translates when you're on a bike and you're doing a race or you're doing a sporty and you've got a big mountain to climb ahead of you it is blood sweat and tears that gets you up it and you just mm-hmm. you just grit your teeth and you just do it and it's that determination and yeah. it was the same kind of with the macarons you know it was a big mountain to get over a big hurdle having all these fails and not quite getting it um, but it was just like no keep going stay determined stay doing it stay focused keep going keep going mm-hmm. keep going and it's with the cycling you know I stopped cycling after that Red Bull event. I was really poorly, like really, really poorly. And I didn't get back on the bike for about 18 months. I mean, I did, but not properly, not properly training, you know, three or four times a week. And it was only this summer that I got back on it to train again. And in that time, I put on loads and loads of weight. But you you, you kind of think, oh, it's going to happen really Okay, you were eating the macaroons. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just consistency. If you keep doing something, keep doing it and keep doing it bit by bit, incrementally, you just get better and better and better and everything falls into place. Even if you're not trying very hard to kind mm-hmm. of make that happen and you're just having fun along the way, you just naturally get better at, at whatever it is that you're doing. Um, yeah. So, you know, whatever happens on the bike, it's exactly the same for everything else, I think. You know? I think so. Yeah, yeah for sure. So so what made it perfect was it a recipe was it a no. combination of stuff was it your oven that's was my it... cat oh, I'm sorry the cat oh. I have to let it he's so moany just bear with me <laughs> he'll be knocking on the door to come in in a minute um there's a number of things so it can be you have to measure out the ingredients 
very, very accurately. And to this day, I still have fails and there's no rhyme or reason. I don't know whether it's the eggs, whether it's the heat of the oven, although all of these things are consistent. The only thing that's not consistent is the hen that lays the egg. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, you're measuring it out, but you don't know how much of the protein and the albumin and all these different things that are in the egg. Oh, like, wow. You know, all of that has an effect mm-hmm. or how cold it is or how hot it is um, when you're doing the mix. So, um, yeah, sometimes I still have fails. Not quite as bad as the kind of little poos that I had at the beginning, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> the, the shells crack. And it's like, why has that happened? You know, I've like just had a hundred bakes and they've all been fine. And then I'll have one that, that cracks, you know. Mm. So they are, they're very fragile to make. They're very difficult. Most people give up. They're like, I can't bother. <laughs> you got to be crazy. you got to be nuts. <laughs> but are you getting, are you developing a name for yourself in the neighborhood? Yeah. I mean, you know, do something in the area where it's quite niche. There's not a mm. lot of people that do it. But there's, a, there's an awful lot of people that like macarons. So, you know, they know where to come mm. now, which is fantastic. Um, and I'm starting to do quite a lot of events. So weddings, baby showers. Mm. Um, and I'm off to do the Formula One at the end in Jeddah. What? I know. How exciting is that? I'm just like, ah! You're so going I'm, I'm to it or you are preparing macarons for it? So I'm going to be working there. I'm, I'm actually going through the macaron business. I got to uh-huh. know someone that was just like, oh my gosh, you can do the Jeddah event. So um, that's how I got it through doing the macarons because they use for their events, they use my macarons. But <gasps> because I'm quite bossy at these events, I'm like, right, this needs to be there. That's, you know, you need to do this. That is, and I, it's like, right, you can go and do this. So I'm just working <laughs> with the fine dining at the Formula One in Jeddah, <gasps> which is really cool. And hopefully while I'm there, I'll be able to bake a few macarons as well. So and network. Amazing. So it'd be amazing. Yeah, once the, the, oh, the hospitality industry is amazing because it is right. people and everybody supports everybody. It's brilliant. Love it. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. I hope you have business cards ready. <laughs> passing them around. But I don't know. <laughs> you better have some. <laughs> But um, there's a lot of cyclists as well in Formula One. There's lots of people that love the cycling, which is also really cool. So I've got okay. So just like is Formula One, that's cars. That's race cars. That's race cars. Yeah. Okay. Good. Do you do Formula One over there? We do. Not? Yeah, in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've so. never seen or gone to one, but no. Well, I haven't either. <laughs> oh well, now you have. Now you got like front row seat. My gosh, that's amazing. Well, I don't know. I said, I said to my kids, I'll probably hear the cars, but whether I actually get to see a car is a completely different thing because I've got to be like busy in the kitchen, you know? But we'll uh-huh. see. We'll see. It'll be fun. Can I get out in the pit <laughs> and check out all the teams? Hand out my cards. <laughs> well, it might just be like, uh, you know, these people out there want speeding. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, but like that's exciting. When are you doing that? I'm flying out on the 26th of November, so shortly, not long. 26. Ooh. Oh, 26. Okay. Yeah. And the, the actual race, I think, is on the 6th of December. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. 10 days. 10 days. Yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. Cool. So. What is the future? Where do you see your, like next year, do you have specific goals either for your cycling or your business? 
for next year? Oh, well, yeah, both. I think in terms of the business, um, mm -hmm. I am hoping to grow it more into doing pop-up events in my oh. local area mm -hmm. um, and hopefully taking people on that can help do the pop-up events because they're really fun. Um, you know, putting on afternoon teas at different mm. venues, but really exciting venues. So not your normal kind of hotel where you'd normally go, but like a barn somewhere or a seaside, you know, just a beach somewhere or something just really alternative, you know, and then selling tickets to those things. Really fun. Um, oh, very nice. Yeah. Do you so have that, markets? Huh? Do you have mar Do you have markets as well? Like Saturday yeah, Sunday do. markets? Yeah, yeah. That. So yeah, so it's, I would quite like to do more of those. So grow in that way. Mm -hmm. Um get into as many businesses as possible, um, you know, supplying them, helping them out with the macaron side of things, afternoon uh, mm -hmm. teas, because it's such a tradition in the UK. It's a, it's a lovely tradition that we have. And um, with the cycling, just more and more race. I want to, you know, <laughs> getting back into it, I just want to race again. Just little ones, you know, not anything big, nothing mm -hmm. like really important, but just for the fun of it. You know, I like that buzz. I like the training. And, do you um, have many, like, do you have like a cycling series that's local to you or would you have to travel for some of those mm, events? Well, the or is it fair? Is everything? Yeah. So I was going to say, you know, so even if something's like, you know, two or three hours away, it's only two or three hours away. So mm -hmm. yeah, nothing's very far away. So right. it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. And there are events all over Europe as well, which still isn't that far away. It's a bit more expensive, mm -hmm. but you know, it's not, it's not too bad if you're organized and if you know people that you can stay with. <laughs> you can stay with, cut the expense down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's just like you cook, if you can cook for me every night, then, then you can stay. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's a good compromise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> brings my cookies. <laughs> so, well, that's awesome. I am so glad that we connected. And um, so would you have any last words for our audience when it comes to, I don't know, going for goals? Uh, just like you went for, um, you kept on going towards your dream of making macaroons and and making them perfecting them i think uh, what i've learned in the last year or so is to just be consistent and to keep mm. going at something and you know i always used to beat myself up if i didn't do something and now i i don't do that anymore i've, I've started to be kind to myself so it's just um just being consistent and if there's a week where things don't happen or you're too busy to get out on the bike it doesn't matter it's like you just pick it up again the following week as long as not too much time passes mm -hmm. you keep going you keep going you keep going even when you don't feel like doing something just do it anyway because you'll feel so much better afterwards mm -hmm. and for me I think that's the key is just you know no matter how much you don't want to do something just do it anyway <laughs> And I think it's the fear I, of doing something that puts us off more than the reality, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, just do it. Just my motto in everything is just do it. Even if people try and put you off doing something, just mm. do it. Because I love it's that. always awesome. And you always get surprised. Always. Yes. 
And I think a little bit of regret if you don't do it. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. So where can everybody find you and your company? Yeah. So I haven't sent where you all my links like you asked for. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> but you can you can just uh, mention it. Like, are where yeah, are so you? Are you on Facebook, Instagram? Where can we find you? You can YouTube? find me because Bethan Bertrand or Bertrand, Bethan Bertrand, it's a very unique name. It's part Welsh, part French. So yeah. um, I think there's only one of me. I think there's another, there's a Bethany Bertrand in California or something, but um, there's not many of us. So you can find me on Facebook, Bethan Bertrand, Strava, Bethan Bertrand, Instagram, Bethan Bertrand. <laughs> That's good. It um, makes it easy. <laughs> It's very, very easy. You know, type in Beth and Bertrand and you will find me on any platform. And what about your company? And the my macarons, everybody wants macarons. macarons are we gonna get uh, macarons, you will find me on LinkedIn, Beth and Bertrand. You will find 16 under that. Um, but if you want to find me, it's www.16, spelt with two I's, so it's F-I-I-X-T-E-E-N.co.uk. And um, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, 16.macarons. So yeah, I'm on everything. I know you have to be Pinterest, Twitter, <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> oh, Hey, Pinterest. You must be there. Only I think I am there, but I haven't used it yet. So my daughter's just introduced me to it saying, right, you need to do Pinterest. This is <laughs> I love the daughters. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'll pay you to put me there. So don't talk to me about <laughs> Take, take some pictures and then exactly. put me on Pinterest. I need to let her roll with it all because like her on social media, she's brilliant. I haven't been on it for ages, hence, yeah, my, my missing, my sending you all this stuff. That, that's who you're going to pay right there. Yeah. Keep it yeah. in-house. So I want to ask that's you. That's what she tells me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Keep it in-house because otherwise, you know, you have to explain it to everybody else and, yeah. and they don't understand. And she's yeah. right there beside you. She can film you taking, like doing all the work. Oh my gosh, just brilliant. Mm. So how did you come up with the name 16 before we leave? I was just like, oh, that's a really nice question actually, because um, when we decided to do it, so it was my first holiday away without my dad because he just passed earlier that year. Mm. And um, it's, a, it's a nod to him because my dad had designed the house. So we had this house uh, like re rebuilt, redesigned on the inside. And he, it was all down to my dad and he helped. And, you know, helped we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have it without my mom and dad. And so when I set up, we were thinking of the name and we were thinking, well, I'm going to be making the macarons at home. It's in the kitchen so mm -hmm. it seemed fitting to call it I live at number 16 so it was oh. just like let's call it number 16 and oh, uh, so it's my dad and you know the two eyes we wanted to put a little roof on it because he loved these everything he did he was an architect and yeah. he loved these iconic he loved the classical structures so the eye is it ionic or iconic ionic iconic uh, iconic pillars you know the classic mm -hmm. Greek, Grecian pillars and things like that I you know I should probably know more about yes, it yes, really yes. but he loved those so I kind of thought the eyes were like the pillars and we put a little roof over the top and uh, I didn't but that was the oh, that was the plan at the time so it was a nod to my dad it's there 
that's always because like I'm up at the double I. I was like, maybe it wasn't available, <laughs> you know, because like that as sometimes, well. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you're like 16, how you know that's probably taken, but if it's a double I, then that makes it yeah. unique. Well, it looks nice as well because it's very Roman numeral, you know, the way it's, yes. it's written. It looks really nice. Roman. Yeah, the double I X. What is that? Is that uh what number is that? Oh, neither of us know. Okay, everybody, what's the double I X in New yeah. Roman numerals? Maybe it isn't a number because there's X double I is 12, right? Yeah. Oh, maybe. All right. Somebody's gonna yeah. tell us. Anyway, somebody will know. Somebody will know. <laughs> If my son is here, he'd be like, why do you not know that? Yeah, yeah, just a second. Let me check it out. But so <laughs> that's where you can find her. And if you're in the UK, uh, close to Beckenshire. Berkshire. 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 Yeah, in Berkshire. Berkshire. So Berkshire is um, a county. Yeah. And probably far smaller than anything you're used to, but it's quite a small county. Very beautiful. Um, yeah, visit Berkshire and you can get in touch and you'll find her all right well thank you so much bethan and thank you to our listeners for jumping in and taking in this episode i hope you reach out and since it's close to christmas this might be a really great nice little surprise for someone underneath the the tree or at the table so make sure you get your orders in now um, with that, don't forget to follow both of us on Instagram and don't forget to follow the podcast and please share and have yourself an amazing day. Thanks everybody. Thank you so much, Sylvie. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.